fun fact. Well, this is just a fact. There's there's nothing fun about it. I think for these podcast episodes where it's like a serious topic where we're like uncovering the history of like a day, we're just going to drop the fun part. It's just straight facts. Straight fact of this episode is Memorial Day originally was called Decoration Day. In the years directly following the Civil War, Americans across the country were still mourning the deaths of more than 600,000 men who died during the four long years of war. Hold up. (laughs) So 600,000 men died in the Civil War. That's crazy. I did not know that. And for some reason, I did not remember it being four years long. Like that is a long as time, hence why so many people die. In small towns across the country, both north and south, veterans would decorate their comrades' graves with flowers on Decoration Day. So yeah, that's your fact. Memorial Day, aka Decoration Day. In today's episode, we will uncover how we got this three-day weekend that celebrates soldiers who fought for this country. Now, There's a little beef around exactly who created Memorial Day, but you know, your historian homie got the receipts and all the tea so we can get the story straight. So listen up, stay tuned, because man, this stuff we're talking about today definitely wasn't in our textbooks. It's going to change how you look at this day. Now, if you're new here, welcome to this history class you never knew you always wanted to take. Okay. Now, that's all I got for the church announcements. Welcome, everybody. Now, let's get into today's episode. It's Memorial Day weekend, y'all. It's the three-day weekend that kicks off summer. It's time to pack up that winter gear, East Coast folks. Y'all can come out of hibernation. Y'all can shed that seasonal depression, get your vitamin D, pull out the tank tops. In general, whether you're on the East Coast or the West Coast, it's time to start planning those cookouts. Get ready for festival season, hot girl summer. People are just clearly back outside, COVID or not. I have no comment on that. Either way, all those things I listed are what this weekend introduces into our lives. It's it's summertime, summer, summer, summertime. Also, this three-day weekend, aka Memorial Day, is known as a holiday to celebrate and honor American soldiers. Memorial Day continues to be among the most important national observances in big cities and small towns in the U.S., Each and every year on the last weekend of May, Americans are called to pause, pour a little one out for the homie, to remember the people who made the ultimate sacrifice and service for their country in wars, both at home and abroad. While this country is in shambles at the moment, you know, let's not talk about abortion right now. I will always honor and respect those who put their lives on the line to protect their country. Even if I don't agree with some of the premises of these wars, you know, I'm going to respect you for being bold enough to push your life on the line. 
especially the black folks who fight for this country because, you know, this country still doesn't fully acknowledge black folks as fucking human beings most of the time. Y'all are brave and thank you for your service. As with many American traditions, there are some competing, conflicting histories of its origin. Historians are beefing out here on who started Memorial Day in particularly, but I'm here to clear that all up today. Memorial Day is, of course, a long-established federal holiday dedicated to honoring American veterans who have died in service, and it always lands on the last Monday in May. Like I said in the fact that was not so fun, it began its life as Decoration Day, and it started following the Civil War, a war where 600,000 soldiers died. RIP. Later, it progressed to incorporate 20th century wars, such as like the First and Second World War, the Korean War, Vietnam, and the two wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. One racial justice activist and lawyer named Ben Crump, not to be confused with Trump, spoke out on Twitter and blew a lot of people's minds, including mine, when he talked about Memorial Day's origins, which a lot of us do not talk about. Ben's Twitter fingers wrote, let everyone know the truth. Newly liberated black people in Charleston created Memorial Day to honor black soldiers for their courage and tenacity after they fought on the front lines of the Civil War. Should I read that again for y'all? Let me tell y'all what Ben wrote on Twitter and blew up everybody's spot. Let everyone know the truth. Newly liberated black people in Charleston created Memorial Day to honor black soldiers for their courage and tenacity after they fought on the front lines of the Civil War. So yeah, let's get into how black folks created Memorial Day. So boom, historian David Blight of Yale, who is also a Pulitzer Prize winning author, exploring the life of Frederick Douglass, says that Ben's tweets were in fact facts. Memorial Day indeed stems from black veterans. The story goes, in 1996, while doing his research for his book, historian Dave found a file and he dusted that shit off (coughs) and saw that it was labeled First Decoration Day. Inside, on a piece of cardboard, was a narrative written by an old veteran that had a date referencing an article in the New York Tribune. The narrative on this cardboard box told the essence of the story that David ended up telling in his book of this march on a racetrack in 1865, also known as the First Memorial Day. With this newly found info from this dusty, rusty box, David, being the historian that he is, did some research looking at the dates that he found in this box in the article. He ended up finding old newspaper clippings that highlighted that on May 1st, 1865, more than 10,000 people, mainly formerly enslaved people, put on a parade around a racetrack. 
These 10,000 formerly enslaved black folks included schoolboys, members of black union platoons, such as the 54th Massachusetts, and prominent black religious figures. It is believed to be the earliest Memorial Day celebration recorded, period. The History Channel and many credible historians have confirmed, what do you think they confirmed, y'all? They confirmed that the popular holiday was, in fact, initially that very event held by newly liberated Blacks in Charleston, South Carolina, on what appeared to be a racetrack. And y'all know what? It did happen on May 1st, 1865, right after the Civil War ended, at a former planter's racetrack where Confederates had held captured Union soldiers during the last year of the war. So on that May 1st, which was 157 years ago, thousands, 10,000 to be specific, of newly freed slaves and regiments of the U.S. colored troops gathered to march around the Confederate Army prison camp in honor of the unnamed fallen soldiers who were captured there and who had fought for their freedom. It is believed that at least 257 prisoners died on the grounds of this first Memorial Day event. Many died of diseases and they were buried in unmarked graves. So the black residents of Charleston decided to give them a proper burial. Over a course of 10 days leading up to the event on May 1st, roughly Two dozen black Charlestonians reorganized the graves into rows and built a 10 foot tall white fence around them. And they built an archway overhead that spelled out martyrs of the race course in black letters. Once everything was set up, about 10,000 people, mostly black residents, participated in this May 1st tribute. And this is all according to coverage back then that was recorded in a Charleston Daily Courier and the New York Tribune, two prominent newspapers at the time. Starting at 9 a.m. on the dot, about 3,000 black children paraded around the racetrack, holding roses and singing union songs like John Brown's Body, and they were followed And those 3,000 black children were followed by adults representing aid societies for free black men and women. Black pastors delivered sermons and led attendees in prayer and in the singing of spirituals. And there was food and a cookout slash picnic going on. James Redpath, a white director of Freeman's education in the region, organized about 30 speeches by union officers, missionaries, and black ministers. Participants sang patriotic songs like America and We Rally Around the Flag and the Star Spangled Banner. In the afternoon, three white and black union regiments marched around the graves and staged a drill. I think that's when they like, you know, shoot the gun all together at the same time. I think that's what a drill is. 
The New York Tribune described the tribute as, and I quote, a procession of friends and mourners as South Carolina and the United States never saw before, end quote. The gravesites looked like one mass of flowers and the breeze wept the sweet perfumes from them and tears of joys were shedded, end quote. This tribute gave birth to this American tradition that we're celebrating this weekend. As our historian Blight, who uncovered the box with all these secrets that we did not know that we're talking about today, he quotes says, the war was over and Memorial Day had been founded by African Americans in a ritual of remembrance and consecration, end quote. I don't even know what consecration means, but I know it's serious. I just have to say this sounds so beautiful and I hope that I was able to narrate that to some degree. I'm just over here imagining 10,000 freed black folks, you know, re-honoring their fellow soldiers or, you know, family member, whoever, and like unburying them and like relaying them down that dedication of building a fence and singing music and black folks harmonizing and shit and thousands and thousands of flowers everywhere and probably some beautiful speeches and sermons and wow, this, this sounds, this sounds kind of spiritual, you know what I mean? Not to get too deep on y'all, but just sending these fallen black soldiers off to their next life. You know, these people who were kind of imprisoned and held captive, like honoring them and sending them off to wherever you think happens next after this life is over here on earth. Like that shit sounds beautiful. Y'all want to know what happens next? And then the holiday was whitewashed. Kind of not surprised. Our historian and author homie, David Blight, said in his book, Race and Reunion, the Civil War in American Memory, that years later, black folks were suddenly erased from the story of Memorial Day by who? White Democrats, after they had regained control of state politics at the end of Reconstruction. So yeah, that's right. A day that originally celebrated Black liberation was now rewritten for good old white supremacy. And apparently, and apparently this whitewashing process of retelling this story started in 1865 as well with an article that was published in the Charleston Daily Coroner that tried to discredit the facts of the events of May 1st, 1865. This fake ass story that did stick <laughs> and is in some of our textbooks, involves a general dude named John A. Logan. He was the president of a Union Army veterans group. He basically wrote something urging Americans to decorate the graves of the falling soldiers with flowers on May 30th of that year. Hmm, I wonder where that flower idea came from. Interesting. Following General John A. Logan's urged to tell people to go do this. It took place on May 30th in Arlington National Cemetery. And now that day, right, is considered the first official Memorial Day celebration. Two decades later, Memorial Day became a national holiday in 1889. And it took a century after that before it was moved 
officially to the last Monday of May, where it remains today. According to our historian, Blight, who found the box, you know, just in case you forgot, Hampton Park, named after a Confederate soldier, replaced the gravesite of the first Memorial Day at the Martyrs of the Race Course. And the graves were moved and reburied in the 1880s at a national cemetery in Bedford, South Carolina. So, yeah, they just shut it all down. They moved their graves. They got rid of this park that was there, this gravesite that was there, to all switch up the history on us. After discovering all these different news articles, initially the first one that talked about the racetrack celebration, many historians have agreed that after being freed, one of the first things that many groups of black folks did was gather to pay tribute to those who died while fighting for their freedom. Sadly, you usually don't hear that part of the story and it's definitely not in our textbooks. According to liberationschool.org, the spirit of the first decoration day, the struggle for black liberation and the fight against racism has unfortunately been whitewashed from the modern day Memorial Day. Damn, y'all. During the Civil War, more than 180,000 Black folks wore the Union Army blue. Another 30,000 served in the Navy. Another 200,000 served as workers in military support roles. More than 33,000 were killed. When World War I broke out, 380,000 Black men heed the call of the Black intellectual W.E.B. Du Bois to enlist in the segregated army in the hope that doing so would empower greater opportunities for Black Americans on the home front. (laughs) Well, we already know how that turned out. Today, Black Americans account for 17% of America's 1,300,000 active duty personnel, including those in the U.S. Coast Guard. According to a historian, in the 1960s, when you graduated from high school, you either went to college or to the military. It was Frederick Douglass who said that if you put a uniform on a black man and a musk on his shoulder, then you could not stop him from being a citizen and a man. Oh, Frederick, if that was so true. Protect Our Defenders, an advocacy group released a report that highlighted how black service members were treated more harshly by the military judicial system. Black soldiers were 61% more likely than white soldiers to face court martial, the military judicial proceedings for serious offenses. That percentage was 40% for black sailors and 32 for black Marines. Black airmen were 71% more likely than whites in the Air Force to face court martial or non-judicial punishment. <sighs> okay, so the justice system is fucked up like in the real, in the citizen world and in the military world. All this shows is just unequal things that we know go on but those numbers are crazy 71 percent unequal justice for black troops is likely influenced by the lack of diversity in the military hierarchy 
racism, bias, a whole bunch of other things. In 2016, about 78% of military officers were white, while 8% were black. There are now, you know, it's not all shitty. There are some black veterans who transition back to the civilian life rather quickly. But a veteran success story is only one side of the coin. One co-founder of Protect Our Defenders, an advocacy group, says many blacks leaving the military often go in two totally different directions. Either one, some are boosted into the middle class and have a better station or position in life than they had before they entered the military, or two, while others fall entirely off the ladder. Today, roughly 45% of all homeless veterans are black, despite only accounting for 10% of the U.S. veteran population. Wow. And that's according to the National Coalition of Homeless Veterans. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development estimates that 40,000 veterans are homeless at any given night. Man, that's sad. As with the black vet experiences in the citizen world, there's also just a reputation for black veterans being treated really badly and fucked up like within the military and like after they're done in the military. There's been a historical consistency in black veterans being treated badly ever since the Red Summer says one historian, noting the period following World War II when many Blacks returned home from war with a new confidence and assertiveness, as they should, but that didn't really go well with many whites at the time. More than 20 anti-Black riots erupted in major cities throughout the nation during this red summer in 1919 in major cities like Houston, Chicago, and Chocolate City, D.C., No one was more at risk of experienced violence and targeted racial violence than black veterans, according to a report called Lynching in America, targeting black veterans, which investigated racial violence and terror in America. In the 1917 speech on the senator floor, Mississippi Senator James Vardaman said the return of black veterans to the South would inevitably lead to disaster. And he warned that once you impress the Negro with the fact that he is defending the flag and inflate his untutored soul with military airs, it risks the conclusion that his political rights must be respected. I mean, I kind of agree with that. You should be respected if you serve this country, no matter what color you are. Black veterans had it hard from the white folks in their neighborhood to the racism ingrained in the military. One crazy example of how this kind of played out was the story of Sergeant William Butler. He was an African-American soldier who returned from France at the top of the list of men nominated for a Medal of Honor. This dude, William single-handedly raided the Germans. He was barely 27 years old at the time. He murked 10 Germans, took a German lieutenant prisoner, and freed all the American prisoners and hustled them back to safety to one of the American trenches. 
But because Butler was black, he was denied his medal. Sadly, he went on to, you know, deal with a lot of different problems and he ended up, you know, um, committing suicide and he's now buried in the Arlington National Cemetery with a typo on his tombstone. Like, are y'all kidding me? Recently, a Maryland senator introduced the World War One Medals Review Act and its legislation that will require the Defense Department to look at forgotten black war heroes like Butler. So I hope Butler, rest in peace, gets his medal. Generally speaking, America's relationship with its veterans has been a little tense, you know what I'm saying? Even without adding the factor of race, the unpopularity of the Vietnam War in the 60s and 70s meant many veterans returned to indifference or open hostility. Collective guilt about the treatment heavily influenced the more contemporary thought behind like, thank you for your service culture that persists in America. It's a really different contrast than how they treat veterans in places like the UK where, you know, they don't really say much. It's really muted. But veterans have sensed a growing apathy towards Americans' longest war, in Afghanistan and a conflict in Iraq and in turn put harsh critics towards those who served there. You know, I think following 9-11, there was kind of like, there were a lot of people who were be like, if you were in uniform, people would be like, thank you, thank you for your service. And like in New York, we used to have like Fleet Week and it'd be like all the military people in their uniforms, like going out and stuff like that. But I feel like that has shifted with the length of the war and like all the other things that have happened and, and been revealed about the politics and the what has inspired some of these wars following 9-11. And so people don't really say much and I don't think kind of like the respect of what was traditionally had for people in uniform, whether it was police or military, is kind of muted. Like people ain't saying much. It's just like, oh, okay, cool, you're in the military. For any black veteran right now, I feel like there's like a double-edged sword of being proud that for your military service and for fighting for your country. But knowing despite your heroism and your bravery of like being like, I'm going to be on the front line, you're kind of still being treated as less than both in the military and as a veteran back in you know, civilization, I guess. Not to say that you're not in civilization when you're in the military, but you know what I mean, like everyday world. Honestly, I feel like uniform or not, people will always kind of see you as black first. And for race people, that means that they see you as less than. And it's all fucked up, honestly. How the system is rigged against black folks in uniform or not like I said before at the end of the day black people have been fighting in conflicts for the U.S. since the Revolutionary War but despite their sacrifices the respect and admiration that America usually sets aside for its warriors that sadly that respect and honor has not been a part of the black vet experience And with the current political and racial climate that has multiplied and quadrupled existing problems about how black Americans are treated, both in the military and in the everyday world. Two years ago, 
Memorial Day was also kind of linked to the death and the murder, should I say, let's say murder of George Floyd at the hand of the Minneapolis police. He was murdered on May 25th. And so a lot of protests, a lot of the Black Lives protest two years ago overlapped into Memorial Day. And so there were a lot of protests across 140 U.S. cities and countries around the world in the summer of 2020. And that's kind of how I remember my last Memorial, well, I guess my first Memorial Day of the pandemic, just processing his murder and that video and stuff like that. Last year, organizers of a Memorial Day ceremony turned off a speaker's microphone when a former U.S. Army officer began talking about how freed Black enslaved folks had honored fallen soldiers soon after the Civil War. The people at that event were like, no, 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 we're turning his mic off. And they silenced his speech for two minutes. Two minutes out of his 11-minute speech was on mute. That's crazy. During his muted time, he started to tell the story that we learned today, right? About how former enslaved and free Black men reburied their comrades and created this massive grave site in Charleston, Carolina, and gave them a proper burial. As you may have noticed here, you know, there is a pattern where media and dare I say, racist people and white politicians shift the narrative to erase black folks' contribution to history and to position themselves as the heroes or as the originators. And it's just, it's exhausting, honestly, because we see it over and over again. All of this is just a reminder of how we must continue to educate ourselves and to dig deeper when it comes to history or to question things, right? I think teachers, kind of like parents, are introduced to us as these like godly, unflawed people. And most of the time, teachers are just reading the resources that were gave to them, like a textbook. And so some of them genuinely don't know that they're eliminating important history, important black history in certain aspects of teaching and the curriculum. And some people do know that they're doing that. But stories like this and and uncovering such a beautiful first Memorial Day, first day of decoration just shows that, you know, again, we just need to educate ourselves. We need to dig deeper, although that sounds exhausting with all that's going on in this world to also find time to research. You know, I barely have time to feed myself. So just subscribe to the podcast and I'll do it for you, I guess. But we need to just make sure history always tells the truth. And we need to make sure that black people are given a voice and allowed to tell stories. And not just black people, right? We're talking about queer folks. We're talking about indigenous folks. That's really what this podcast is about. These type of stories. Like when I read this and learned this, it was like, this is what my podcast is about, right? This is what I want to share with people. 
because it gives you, it can make you bitter, right? It can make you salty to be like, damn, you ain't trying to like lie about history and take black folks out again, right? It can be, it can spark anger on one hand. On the other hand, no, not on the other hand. On one hand, it can spark anger and, right, it's on a butt. And it can also spark pride that, you know what? My people did this. It sparks pride in you, whether or not you're black, because you're like, oh, I know the truth. And I have this story to tell, to to tell my family, to tell my friends, to tell my kids, wherever you're at in life. So, you know, we doing it over here on that wasn't in my textbook. We are educating ourselves, even if it's only for 20 minutes today. And so as you go into this three-day weekend that kicks off summer, whether it's your hot girl summer or hot boy summer or whatever you identify as, um, as you come out into the sun and get your vitamin D this weekend, you know, take a moment to remember and acknowledge the 10,000, I repeat, the 10,000 black folks that gathered on May 1st, 1865 to celebrate over 200 black soldiers that were prisoners to the Confederate army and they helped them transition to their next chapter. Remember those people, remember those 10,000 people that day Envision the flowers, envision the speeches, envision the children and everybody just walking in a circle around these these beautiful souls in the ground. You know what I'm saying? And just just remember that and remember the 200 people that were in the ground that fought, you know, that fought for us to be United States, that fought for if you're black, right, for you to no longer be enslaved to for you to have the right to earn money and to be free from your kidnappers lord wow okay this is this is getting real deep um and there's nothing wrong with that this is a deep story but i just wasn't expecting it if you enjoyed today's episode if you learned something new today you need to subscribe that's that's it you know and also if you just learned something new today if you enjoyed something today then that's good in general, you know, but while you're here, you might as well describe, subscribe. And while you're here, you might as well drop some stars, five of them to be exact in a review, type a couple of lines and just let me know how you feel about the episode. This was a solo episode. In two weeks, we will have a guest on our podcast, but you know, this is what we do over here at That Was In My Textbook. We tell you the true history, okay? <laughs> Make sure you're following us all over the interwebs. Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. We have a TikTok, but we ain't using a TikTok. Yeah, follow us all over the interwebs. Make sure you support. Share this episode with a friend. It's a super quick episode. It's just me by myself. Share it with someone else. And... Tune in for our next episode on June 10th, okay? We're going to have a new juicy history topic on June 10th, so make sure you come back for that. And until next time, remember, knowledge is power.